You are joining Talking Neoteric, a podcast that advocates for and shares new ideas, ways of thinking and doing about who we are, what we do and where we do it. Talking Neoteric spotlights creative practitioners, sharing their work and practices, each demonstrating their reach far beyond the arts with contributions to the broader health, livability and prosperity of regional Queensland. Today, I've travelled along the lands of the Jarawa people of the Waka Waka Nation. And I've come to a farm that sits just west of Crow's Nest and north of Gumbungee. It's a farm that's home to Sebastian and Ada. And of course, their parents, Michael and Kara Ann. Although it may have been Sebastian that got the first hug today, I did travel here to meet with artist, curator, and cultural heritage expert, Kara Ann Simpson. It's great to be here with you, Kara. Oh, thank you so much for coming. And we're sitting in this stunning place. Where, where are we? What is this? Well, we're in the broader area of Hayden. And um, as you said, it's on the lands of the Jarawa people of the Waka Waka Nation. And it's actually the uh, geographical top of the Great Dividing Range. So in the early days of settlement of Hayden, uh, the, the train that came up the Great Dividing Range actually ended in Hayden. And what is now a town of only a couple of hundred people um, actually had three pubs. So <laughs> quite quite a different place and um, used to be more around forestry uh, of pines, uh, Australian pines, but is now mainly farming, farming land for cattle. And I've been fortunate to know you, gosh, it must be for over two decades now. And in that time, we've come in and out of each other's lives and intersecting at I don't know, these really interesting points, but at the same time, I feel like we've been at this interesting distance um, as well. So firstly, in Toowoomba and Queensland, and then we reconnected when I was in Albury, New South Wales, and you were down in the Victorian and New South Wales area. And then you moved up to Harvey Bay, Queensland, and at that time I was in Rockhampton, Queensland. So we're like... Yeah, we, we're always around each other, but there's this, this bit of distance. So I thought it was really important to, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been these funny parallels, hasn't it? And I think our very early, you know, first um, part of, of uni going through the University of Southern Queensland and then reconnecting, you were in Albury and I was in Melbourne. Um, so still this geographic and slight time divide between us kind of going to those places and then you headed back up to Queensland and then I was sort of following and yeah it's been an interesting journey and nice to see these parallels with our careers. Yeah it's been lovely so how did your journey occur what what motivated those moves for you? I think um, coming out of UniSQ uh, I was very hungry. I was a very hungry undergrad and um, moving to Melbourne, I really wanted to embrace both my art practice and my arts worker career. And um, 
so it was a big, it was a big jump um, and um, kind of a leap off a cliff in a way. I had nothing set up for me, uh, but I managed to fall into uh, a position at Bundora Homestead Arts Centre and um, that was initially an entry level position. Uh, and my practice, you know, Melbourne was such a great place. Um, my One of my primary motivators was uh, being in the same city as Dr Eva Chang, who was my DSP engineer on um, two of my interactive technology installation works. And um, she and I have uh, this wonderful friendship that you know, goes beyond boundaries of time and place. Um, but being in the same city with her meant that we could sit together and um, build these crazy, ambitious um, projects that ended up travelling all over the, the place internationally to Canada and Singapore and Turkey and New Zealand. So it was really lovely, I think, to yeah have that that very special time in Melbourne. Um, and at the same time, as an arts worker, you know, Melbourne is this cultural destination, isn't it? It's it's so rich with the arts and with um, all kinds of practices and people embrace the experimental uh, down there. And so that was a great thing for me as both a an artist and a curator. Uh, because it meant when I eventually became curator at Bundora Homestead, I was able to curate multi-sensory exhibitions, which of course aligns with my, my very personal interests, um, but also merge the historic with contemporary art. Um, so that was, that was really exciting. And you've touched on this multi-sensory and technology element in your practice. What, what is it and where did all of this start? Oh, that's, it's tricky to see where it started. I think it probably started kind of here where we're sitting in a way. Um, growing up in regional Queensland on a farm, you, you're absolutely immersed in sound with um, wildlife, which it's suddenly gone very quiet here. <laughs> but there's this very rich sensory life here through sound, scent, what you see, what you can feel. And even sometimes you can almost taste things like when uh, rain hits the gravel drive, you can taste, almost taste it. Um, so it is a very rich sensory environment. And uh, as an undergrad, I was very interested in sound visualisation and sound data. And so that was feeding through my practice all of those years ago. But it wasn't until I got to Melbourne that I think things started to resolve and turn into um, a, I don't know, a, something that made sense to me. It wasn't this questing and wondering what I was seeking. It suddenly just kind of folded into itself and, and made sense. Um, and I think that really was, uh, you can see it, the noise cancellation disrupting audio perception where I was working with Eva to very, on a very technical thing to create um, real-time active noise cancellation. Um, so we were reversing sound on itself to create silence. And that was like this lead up to Geosound Helmets, which was a breath controlled installation using soundscapes from around the world. And I think there it was where I kind of resolved what I was seeking in my practice. There was this 
um, connection to place and the helmets were very much about the idea of geo. Um, so it all kind of just settled and started to, to work with itself. Um, and then when we were working together um, with my commission for Aubrey, uh, I'd been working on spectral photography, which is the merging of sound data with photography. And it was starting to make sense then. And then, um, you know, suddenly I, I dropped off the planet for a little while. And, um, and you know, that's, that's um, you know, I think uh, a time in my life that, you know, we've, we've talked about. And I think it's important to embrace when you, your body is telling you to kind of hit pause or reset and to actually listen to it and, and, and take note. And um, so my year in hospital um, really altered the way I viewed uh, not just my practice, but my entire kind of sphere of life. Um, and so it, it was a great way to step back and minimise what had been a very expansive collaborative practice into something that was initially very much about my wellbeing. Um, and it was a great way, I think, to reconnect with art too after quite a long time of... Um, non-creative periods so that that was that was really it was about finding joy and self-care is a huge I guess a huge vein that runs through the arts like it's such a passionate and all-encompassing and all-giving thing whether you be a practice practitioner or a practice arts worker um yeah having that self-check um and for you probably large shock um yeah and I remember watching you were very transparent and open in, um about your journey and I remember yeah just the posts you're making to social media um yeah seeing you go from you know stride to stride in as an arts worker um to just yeah <laughs> what it was a, a complete stop <laughs> and it it I think it was really hard because um, just before I got sick, I felt like I had found, um, I was already at the peak of my career, even though I was very young. I was uh, director of Cruden Farm. I was their first director. Um, and it was, it seemed incredible to me at the time. They, they did an international search for directors and I happened to be living uh, I think six kilometres away, um, working for the National Trust and living at Mulberry Hill. Um, so it seemed very, very incredible to me that, you know, after I think it was three or four interviews that they would actually choose me. Um, but the trust, so it's the Keith and Elizabeth Murdoch Trust and um, primarily um, Dame Elizabeth's descendants are on that board and it's an incredibly welcoming environment and the team that was there had been there for such a long time they were a wonderfully close-knit team so it felt to me like I had stepped into a job that would would last me a very very long time and um, so I think getting sick was such a shock and for a while, probably the first few months of, um, I, I had encephalitis to begin with, a brain infection, and I was very much fighting 
accepting that I actually was sick, <laughs> even though I was in intensive care. It was this, um, I think, yeah, this this sort of feeling. Well, well, no, I'm I'm here and I'm at the peak of my career. I don't want to be in this place and can't I just go home and get back to work. Um, so it took me quite a while to actually say, no, I need to start listening to what my body's telling me. And um, and I think after that it was, well, what actually do I want to do? What, what's going to make me happy? Is it? It's not just about achieving and being in a place where y you perceive you should be but actually what is it at the core of you that you want to do and what, what do you want to be? Um, and so that really came back to, well, creativity is is really, um, you know, what I love. Um, at the same time, I really love working with artists and um, providing arts education. And um, so the last uh, 18 months or so, I've been working with Flying Arts as a by request facilitator, which has been um, so much fun and a really lovely way to give back to the local artists that I, I've worked with. Um, and, you know, it's it's nice to have, I think, that duality in my career of, of being creative, but also being able to soothe the very analytical um, side of myself that with professional development for others. And I'm sure that was a peak in your career. Um, I'm sure it's not the only. And I'm, I'm also confident that, yeah, it would have been an incredible role for you, but there's still so much more um, for you to do. So what is it, the bodies of work that you're working on now that, that have come from that great learning, from that, that knowledge base that you have, both personally and professionally? Where, what works are you doing now? So I'm working on two main series, um, one which... Um, some people would be very familiar with because it's spread across my, my socials and uh, has been around and about a bit is Fiori Flores, um, Stealing Flowers. And that actually grew out of um, my experience um, being unwell. And then it really started um, in rehab and with my lovely partner, Michael, telling me to, to stop sticking to my room and getting out into their gardens and taking me out to pick flowers, steal the flowers from the rehab gardens um, to, to take back and put in plastic cups in my hospital room. Uh, and then it grew from there. And um, my first uh, photography studio after that was in um, our spare bedroom's wardrobe. Um, so it was a tiny space. It was only probably... 50 by 40 centimetres. It was a really tiny space. Um, but that's where I first started working with um, velvet, which is what I use as my background for people who are interested in that. Um, and it sort of grew from there. So, and what I do with that is, so it's focus stacked photography of, of plants. Um, and then I combine that with spectrography, which is the visual analysis of sound waves. Um, so, and it, the spectrographs in these works are the Latin titles. And so there's this wonderful irony for me of speaking a dead language to a plant that, you know, unfortunately I've, I've picked and so now is also dying. Um, but, you know, we leave this beautiful wonder in the world, um, which is the plant it's as a, as a photograph and, and hopefully beautiful as an artwork.
And the other series I've been working on is called Beneath My Feet. And that started really um, during my 2021 Toowoomba Arts Residency project. Um, so I was really fortunate to receive one of those three residencies and I uh, proposed a community collaborative project called Spectral Sensoria, which was all about immersing people in the environment. So looking at active observation and deep listening and sensory immersion. And um, I worked with Paul Carmody uh, for that, who's a board member for Gumminjuri Aboriginal Corporation. And um, he's just such a generous man. And um, it's it was really moving and very, uh, I think I said this at the time, it, I'm not a spiritual person, but working with Paul was very spiritual. Um, and really altered the way that I was looking at place and environment at the time. So beneath my feet, as it should be true to me, is very much about um, documenting and recording my experience of an environment and particularly the things that are around me on the ground and then morphing it into something else. And so it is... Um, literally hundreds of photos that um, I use with um, a, a Photoshop algorithm, which is meant for stitching panoramic photos or focus state photography. And so I'm kind of using this and it doesn't come out um, perfectly, but I love that there's pixelation and sharp edges and obscurities in there because, you know, what we're looking at is really a version of a high, it's a hyper real version of reality. Um, so I love that I'm creating these simulacra through my experience. Uh, and again, bringing sound back into it through recording um, the places that I'm documenting and then putting that back into the work. And both of these bodies of work are very sympathetic to where you are, the place, the people, what's around you. And so now you sit here on this farm that it's not new to you. It's a farm that you know very well. So what does it mean now to you and your practice being here? It's really allowed me to think a bit more deeply about the works. Uh, and in particular, you know, I've been interested in a multi-sensory approach for a long time and I dabbled with scent and, you know, sound has absolutely been an integral part of my work. But being here, and I don't know if you can see back out there, but we just have this remarkable remnant eucalypt forest. Um, it's, it's allowed me to think about scent and tactility in addition to these other elements that I've already been making. So what, particularly with Fiore Flores, it's expanding it both into video, so moving image, incorporating field recordings, but thinking about the complexity of environmental smells and how they change depending on what's happening in the environment, if it's degraded or if it's thriving, if we've had a good year of rain or if we're in a period of drought. Um, so that, that's been something that has very much filled up my thinking time for the last year or so. Um, and then also 
thinking about, well, how do we feel and what plants do we feel or touch? You know, what do we reach out to when we are in the environment? Um, I'm sure many people are familiar with that. You know, you're walking through somewhere and you just have to crack a leaf and see if it's got a scent. You know, you rub it between your fingers and have a smell. Um, so they're the sort of things, I think, that are, are now... Yeah, filling up Fiori Flores and turning it into something that's, for me, is much more substantial. And so being here is significant for your practice and then also personally as well. So if we reflect on what we said earlier about that sort of that balance and, and listening to everything that's happening, then there's a real relevance and significance to you being here now, both practice-wise and personally. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's a return to home and... Um, I think part of what I lost when I was ill was memory. Um, so I had um, a memory fragmentation. And I think that you can sort of see that in some of the Beneath My Work, Beneath My Feet works, um, there's that kind of, and even in the Fiori Flores works, because I don't, I don't get rid of some of the focus adding stutter. Um, so I leave that image ghosting and those... Um, things where it is almost like it's flickering in and out and that's the same way that my memory is with this place um, that I will suddenly have a smell and memories come flooding back um, which are you know so vibrant and real uh, but then that smell might go and then the memories fade away with them. And your your works like when you say that word memory that's what they are, right? They're, they're visual memory, they are centred memory, but they're capturing them. Yeah, it is. It is very much steeped in the idea of memory and place and um, how these different elements can stimulate your memory and without them, yeah, you, you sort of lose that moment. Yeah. It's, um, it's an incredible place to sit with you on and I can see how much it means to you um, and you are so transparent and giving um, in both of your practices it's 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 incredible to to see and I think the journey that you take those who view your work on um, and if if each person who views your works takes a moment to understand you and the layers there's so much more they can unpack. Yeah, I hope so. I think I um, one of my foibles is probably I, I'm a bit too... Um, I get a bit lost in my own rabbit warren of, of thinking and I'm sure many people are like that and um, it's reflective in some of the titles of my works. <laughs> um, and they are an insight into, I guess, yeah, that... that um, what, how much um, these plants end up meaning to me. And it's, I almost feel like I'm interviewing them. You know, it's this discovery and this learning and uncovering of their secrets, but also finding their stories and, you know, their history and the way that they grow or the, the coloration sometimes in the flowers is because of the resources they're drawing on. So I think all of that... Um, comes out and it's um you know it's also yeah my my very personal experience of just 
being part of that flower's life for a moment of time. Well, if I can call you a flower, <laughs> I feel like I've been able to watch this, yeah, flower field sort of, yeah, grow, develop, um, wilter off, rebound, like you are the ultimate field <laughs> in itself. Um, and so you're incredible on social. If we want to see what you're up to, follow you on Instagram. You've got your website page as well. Always up to a lot. <laughs> That's it, keeping busy. Yeah, well, it's been beautiful to sit here with you. And as always, thank you for being so open um, and sharing about everything you do. Thank you for joining Talking Neoteric, a podcast that shares new ways of thinking and doing through the lens of visual artists and arts workers. Listen in next episode to see where Talking Neoteric is in Queensland and who joins the conversation. Talking Neoteric is curated by Bianca Simovic with production by Ashley Salter. This project was made possible through the Australian Government's Regional Arts Fund, funding through the Regional Arts Australia, administered by Flying Arts Alliance.